Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of The Movement Lab in Miami Lakes, Florida, Miguel Molina. How are you doing today, sir? Pretty good. How are you doing today? I am great. Excited to have you on here. Excited to learn more about Movement Lab. Let's hop into it. Tell us all about the business. Yeah, so pretty much we're a small training studio based out of Miami Lakes. Uh, like, like, like I said, about like 30 minutes away from what everyone thinks Miami is, the beach, downtown, Brickell, Wynwood, and all of that. Still close enough, though. So yeah, so we just own a 1,000 square foot uh, training facility, and we do mainly semi-private training with some one-on-one training as well. So it, it pretty much all goes based off our name, Movement Lab. We're a movement-based system. We don't have any equipment in, in, our, in, in our gym right now in terms of like seated or stationary. It's all dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, bands. So really teaching the people how to move properly, move efficiently, and then we do make sure that all, all the exercises are programmed appropriately for the clients. All right. So right now, like you said, you're in a thousand square feet, you're servicing, you know, depending on seasonality and what's going on anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, around 80 ish clients um, with plans to move into a bigger facility because you're bursting at the seams there. Yeah, we are. But let's, let's bring it back. You guys only opened, you've had pretty good growth, especially considering there was a pandemic. You only opened in 2019, correct? Correct. Yeah. January. Yeah. December 2018, January 20. Yeah. Yeah. So around that time. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what brought you, you and your partners to the point where you're like, Hey, let's do this. Let's open this gym up. Like, how did you know the time was right? What were the conditions that set you up to open up movement lab and, and do this proof of concept that's really proven to work? Yeah, so it was all very circumstantial, uh, like I feel like a lot of things are. So we were all co-workers together at a gym nearby, actually. And like I said, I feel like every trainer, everyone in the fitness industry, ultimate goal is to open up your own training facility. So we talked about it. We threw out ideas. We threw out name ideas. Moving Lab wasn't even the original name that we came up with. And we sort of just got to that. And then, um, so I guess the current gym that we were at was going through a, a, a transitional period. They're changing GMs. They wanted to change uh, training styles as well. So, uh, like I said, so we were always very functional training based. So I'll throw a quotation on functional training. Um, and then the train, the new general manager. I'm sorry, that was coming in. I guess he came from more of an LA fitness, 24 hour fitness background in terms of training, and he didn't really like our style of training anymore. So it kind of like pushed us out the door and led us to uh, open up our own facility. So it was always in the works, but nothing was ever there to make us, I guess. The, the push to open up the facility. So him being there kind of was in hindsight, a blessing in disguise that it pushes out of there. And that's something that we have discussed. We're like, man, you know, if you never actually showed up to the gym, do you think we would have opened up moving last? Because then COVID happened a few months later. So. Got it. So the idea was in the works for a while and yeah. somebody, somebody, uh, somebody hit the fast forward button for you. Exactly. And I'm going to say your names, but definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Someone pushed us to, uh, unintentionally pushes out the door to open up our own training facility. Yeah. So you guys, you, you pulled your resources together. You got this spot, you picked a resale space or you're in a shopping center. So it's good, good visibility there. I'm sure that was a consideration. Um, 
did you bring any clients? Were there any clients that came over with you and your fellow trainers that got you off the ground or did you basically start at zero? We uh, did bring in a few, uh, over a few clients. Uh, the plan was to never take any clients away from the current gym that we were at. That was never the plan, but we understood that with us leaving, some people were going to follow us. So we didn't make it a big deal that we were leaving. We didn't announce that we were leaving. But once we did have to say that we were going to show up anymore, people started asking us where we were going to go. And again, we didn't want to make it a big deal. So some people did follow us, but we did grow rather quickly because, uh, so we are in Miami Lakes, it's a very small town. We're all very close with each other. So we were able to get people rather quickly off that way. Some people didn't know us already. Yeah, obviously your choice wasn't even necessarily to leave the gym where exactly, you were. Yeah. So, and, and I honestly, I hate when I hear gym owners say like, oh, that trainer left and, and stole my clients. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, yeah, I know. Those weren't your clients. You know, they yeah. were, <laughs> if you put someone in a position to build a relationship, you have to know that it works both ways. You have to. Yeah, they're bound to happen, yeah. You know, so you didn't leave with it intentional, but if your clients, it's a relationship business, especially when you're doing personal training, small groups. So it's naturally going to happen. And it's, I'm sure you weren't mad that you had some revenue, right? From yeah, of course, not, of course not. So once you came over, you said you had pretty rapid growth and it sounds like a lot of that was word of mouth referrals. Mm -hmm. What did that look like for you? Like how quickly did you grow? Yeah. Uh, so actually, we didn't actually start growing quickly until June 2020, which I know sounds kind of weird because I feel like that was the peak of the pandemic. So we just started hitting the green about January, February 2020. And then March was supposed to be a great month for us. And then like, we all know what happened on March 2020. So it, it, it did take us. So we didn't officially open up doors in our current facility until June 2019. So it took us like six months to figure out what was going on. How do we operate with this? And then January and February 2020, I feel like we started figuring it out. And then it it, it just hit the fan, you know? And then once, uh, and again, so we're in Florida. So everything's a little bit more loose over here compared to New York, California, and other states. So we did open up and people are a little bit more free-minded over here. So, and then around June, and I think, no, so around May 2020, June 2020, we started getting an influx of MBA athletes because of the MBA all-season. All thanks to my business partner, Stefan, because he's actually a doctor of physical therapy, and he so happened to work with the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder and the Detroit Pistons organization. So we were able to get one athlete off of that, and then it just started snowballing. Again, I mean, it was word of mouth within the athletes, and then obviously their revenue does give us a big jump. And then I think since, like I said earlier, we are such a small community, people started realizing, like, hey, what is this small gym? that out of nowhere is training NBA athletes, these NFL athletes. So I think that marketing through Instagram, Facebook, and then word of mouth, just being in a small knit community really helped out. If we were in the actual city of Miami, Miami Beach, I don't think the same thing would have happened because it's not such a close-knit uh, community over there. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's going to be a huge help. Now, is he still actively working with these sports teams or is he now uh, fully with the business yeah, he's fully in the business there. right now. Yeah, yeah, he's all in on the business right now. He has actually been uh, called by a few teams to see if he wants to go back, but he prefers the freedom of traveling when he wants, going where he wants. Not so much red tape, not so much just uh, government dealing with the the higher ups, the GMs, the board members. So now yeah. he gets to do exactly what he likes: is working with the athletes, treating them, training them, and then. But he does uh, speak directly with a few teams, so he he, he became. Uh, sort of fell into like a, a, an advisory role, if you will. Cool, cool. So he spent enough time doing that to build up a reputation. 
in that community, you used to talk about Miami Lakes being a small community. Like, I don't think people realize that the pro athlete community is even smaller. Yeah, yeah, and they all know each other. Their bodies are how they make their living. So Mm -hmm. if they feel comfortable with someone, like, that's it. Like, unless you mess up, they're they're not ever going to leave you, and they're going to tell everybody who comes through. So that's going to that's gonna be a great source and obviously gives you guys a lot of credibility. Like you said, looks good on social media, yeah, yeah, you know, things like that, that they see. And, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a balance of um, there's some pros and cons to it. I'm sure that, you know, the, what comes with the publicity can, you know, sometimes make the attention, especially in a little a space that's crowded and small, like, yeah, you know, everybody, everybody might want to train when they think that a, a superstar might be around or, or whatever the case may be, but yeah, yeah. Um, any other pros and cons um, to working with the pro athlete side of things, or has it mostly all been beneficial? No, no, there's definitely a few pros and cons. So one of the pros I would say is, so everyone who like, like, like myself and my partner Stefan really like geeks out on the science end of training, we finally get to apply all the strength, the power, the hypertrophy stuff that unfortunately you probably can't really implement with general population for someone who's been sitting down in an office for eight hours and drove two hours uh, to get to your facilities. Sometimes if you just want to move around, form roll, you do a little front squat and that's it. But with these guys, you're really able to like push the envelope on like what we're able to do training wise and then see their growth has been great too. And then some of the cons, um, it's been well-documented with other trainers and all that stuff. Definitely be patient. Uh, they're going to show up an hour late. They're going to show up two hours late. They're going to run on their own time. They're going to be upset if you're late to their two-hour session already. So, um, and then, but the marketing has, has been great. So it, it really helped us out uh, seeing all these athletes bring in extra revenue. And then it is cool that they do interact with our, our regular general population clients too. I know a lot of the moms and grandmas that train with us love bragging to their their grandkids and their kids that they're seeing these athletes uh, work out right next to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So between the the small town kind of word of mouth referral mm-hmm. basis and now the athletes have you guys had to do any quote like paid advertising or has everything really just been organic you know social media word of mouth and then you know the the extra attention you get from the athletes yeah so i'm not gonna lie to you we've done both the word of mouth and then we also done the paid advertising for some reason we have not been able like i i, I think with our small we haven't been able to actually like i guess uh take advantage of the paid marketing as much as we like just because of the amount of volume that we get and i wouldn't say the quality is as high as we would like to do so the one thing that we noticed the majority of our marketing either comes from a simple google search or even a word of mouth so that, that that's really what's worked out for us yeah the the paid marketing thing is a tough code to crack in yeah price roi quantity mm-hmm. and quality because yeah. especially facility like you i mean i don't even know like right now how many people you guys probably couldn't even take that many more people if they came knocking on your door to train no, with you as we yeah, yeah, yeah. so are you guys on a waiting list right now or are you just really cautious with how you take people in we're very cautious with how we take people in and we're i don't want to say pushy but we definitely try to get Obviously, people can only train like when they can, but we do try to get them to the uh, less busier sessions to see if they'd like to try that one out. But for some reason, so for December 16th, so far this month, we've been getting a little influx of one-on-one. So that's not too much of an issue because they can really work out 
at whatever time. So we haven't really had too much group signups uh, recently, so we haven't had to worry about that. But definitely January, February is going to be an issue. But uh, we are pushing that we are moving to a new facility pretty soon, so that does help uh, get get people to sign up now and I guess sort of deal with the smaller location that we're at. Got it. Got it. Cool. So on the on the the general population side of things. Um, I want to talk about this, the sales aspect and how you do that. I'm sure with the pro athletes, it's, it's very different, whether it's contract based, mm-hmm. but it's all really referral. That's really based on the credibility of Stefan and the relationship. I feel like it's not as much of a sales process as it is. No, it, it, no it's not yet. It's just like, Hey, this is, this is what it is. I, you know, they probably all talk, they know what, what each other pays or what it costs. Like, Obviously, they yeah. can afford it. There's no problem with you know they could yeah at all. Yeah, yeah, one of those no athletes reason. could could buy your gym if they wanted to. So and their credit cards always go through, and there's no issue right. with that. <laughs> right, exactly. So, but on the on the general pop side of things, what type of sales process do you use? How do you bring somebody from the person who raises their hand says, you know, Miguel, I saw you wherever, um, you know, whether it's a friend referred me or I saw you on social media. How do you bring them through into onboarding to the right programs with you? Yeah, so one thing that we do is either Stefan or I, whoever's available that day, and we do the initial consultation, evaluation, assessment, whatever you want to call it. And that can take anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour. So we feel like that has been a very high value touch point in, 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 our, in our business model because it gives us the opportunity to sit down, talk with someone. There's no discussion about working out. There's no discussion. There's no working out, no stretching the first day. It's literally like, right where are you now? What are your goals? And what do you want to do? You get any type of thing. So we're not so focused on like, all right, let's see how, how much uh, fat you have. Let's see how poorly you move. No, let's see what it is that you want out of us and if we're a good fit. So we're asking questions like, do you have any mental health issues? What did you like about working with a trainer in the past if you have? And if you haven't, why didn't you? And why are you doing it now? And then we also ask questions like, in three months, if you were to join, what would be the perfect scenario for you? What is it losing 10 pounds? Is it getting stronger? Is it gaining more muscle? So then it, it, it lets us know when it comes time for us to sit down and talk with our trainers, what this person really is looking for. So like I said, we can cater the uh, workout program to their needs, capabilities, and their goals. Awesome, man. I, I really love that where you are looking at these things it's it's a consultation it's almost like a doctor's visit really in so much exactly, as, exactly. hey this is you know obviously that you go to the doctor you tell them your problem people come to you you have to ask the right questions to get to the root mm-hmm. of it. so you're not signing people up like hey come and work out three times a week and uh we'll not see you all, next not week all, not at all it's it's not you know it's not a quick fix it's what's your real reason like what do you mm-hmm. really want whether it's I want to play with my kids. I want to, I want to feel better at work. You know, I'm sure you guys know all the statistics, people, people who are more fit, you know, they, they get more promotions, they get paid more. There's a million other things that people want that go around with like not many people outside of a small percentage of of weirdos, like in the fitness industry, wake up every day and they're just like, man, I just want to work out just because I want to work out. No, There's always a real there's always something deep. And I feel like you don't stop. So I'm sure people come in, they're like, Hey man, I want to get in shape. And instead of saying X, Y, Z, all right, do you want to sign up? And that, Mm -hmm. that doesn't really go anywhere. Like you're digging deeper. What have you done? What did you like? What didn't you like? What worked? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you even do that. um, The desired outcome, 
right? Like, hey, what is success going to look like working with us? Yeah. So that not only do they have a goal, you have a goal. Like, all and right. There's an expectation on both ends. Yeah. Yeah. So you're really, you know, it's cool. I think doing body fat measurement and weight and things like that, I think it's all useful, that, that quantitative yeah. data. But where you place it in the process, I think, can really yeah. affect things. Um, that's exactly no no so we do that exactly we have the in-body machine and we do all of that too but that's not the main focus after, so we're not like right. all right yeah so hop on that the in-body so we can see how fat you are and then let's see how poorly you move all right do you want to buy our gym membership like it's like no so we really figure out what it is that you enjoyed about working out why and if you don't enjoy working out why are you coming here now you get me is it because of that do you want to play with your kids do you want to see your grandkids is it hard for you to go in and out of your car up and down the stairs and those are some of the typical answers that we get. And then once they're with us for like a month, maybe two, they're like, you know what? It's a lot easier getting in and out of my car now. Tying my shoe isn't as difficult as, as it used to be. And those are the little wins that, that we aspire to get. Like I said, it's cool to train the athletes, but these little wins of our year-round clientele is what makes us, I guess, get out of bed and then do this every day. Yeah. And th that's funny. That's a phrase I use all the time. It's like, what do you what makes you get up out of bed? And, and there's yeah. obviously, we all have bills to pay. We all have, you know, of course. Yeah. All that stuff. but yeah. you could do that any number of ways. And True. thankfully you can make a good living make as a trainer, if you figure it out, but mm -hmm. most people don't get into the business to get rich. They get into it to help people. And yeah. then if they can figure out how to make money too, then that's, that's a nice bonus. So exactly. it's very um, selfless job for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you do that. And then, what does the process look for there? Like once somebody agrees, like, hey, you know, Miguel, that you're you're right. This is, I know this is what I need. I know you're the guy to help me reach my goals. Is it then just like a monthly membership? Is it a program with a time basis? Like it's going to be six months for you to get your goal. Let's let's work backwards from there. Like, what do your membership options look like once you establish someone is a good fit for you and vice versa, you know, them to you also? Yeah, so for right now, for the groups, uh, what we're offering is either just a base package of either three times a week or two times a week. And then we give them, so we don't try to bombard them with all the information on day one, but they do have the opportunity of getting, like, whatever they feel more comfortable with. If they want to get billed weekly, if they want to get billed bi-weekly, but they are on the auto bill because, like I said, I think it does hold some sort of accountability when you're like, man, I do have three sessions that I already paid for that I do need to use up rather than just show up and pay cash. So I think having people on this auto bill, it makes my job 10 times easier. It's got to make sure all the payments are going through and knowing that I don't have to chase down 10 people to pay us because they came in three times last week. And then from there, uh, so we don't have any six month contract, no 12 month contract. That is something that we were hesitant about doing at first because we're like, like, we do need to keep people like on a, on a certain term just to make sure that we keep the doors open. But then I feel like, not having that pressure and knowing like, look, we're really here for your benefit. We do want to get you better. Like, we understand life gets in the way. If you need to freeze, we're not strict about that. If you need to cancel, all we ask for is a 30 day notice. Once, I guess if we do start noticing that it is an issue, we might have to start show, um, implementing six month terms, 12 month terms. But honestly, right now, I think our active engagement is like 13 months with clients. And we have clients who've been with us above two years already. And most of the time, a client will cancel within the first three months. We've noticed once you pass that three-month limit, at least with us, you're more than likely going to stay for the year, for two. And as far as my knowledge, no one has ever canceled because our program wasn't good or they weren't getting results. It's because they had to move 
or maybe our prices were, were a little bit above what they were comfortable paying on a monthly basis, that's what they tell us. So hopefully it, it wasn't ever a, uh, a program issue or that we ever heard anything. So. Yeah. Well, the gym's still full, right? And it's made you have yeah, to, yeah, exactly. yeah, to, exactly. go, to go look for a bigger space. So something is going right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that you have the recurring model because man, trying to sell somebody five sessions or 10 sessions or whatever, oh, is, man. and then go and did they use it? And then, Hey, Miguel, do you, you know, you want to buy another 10 sessions? It's a pain yeah. in the ass. It makes things awkward. And once somebody's on recurring, it doesn't matter if you have a contract or not. Like you say, if the, if the service is good, people that can stay are going to stay. Like mm -hmm. if they have a contract, people will find a way to get out of it. Like, you know, all you need is a doctor's note in most states to get out of it. Yeah, contract. exactly. So it, it's really hard company. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we always say like you're, you're day to day with every client. You're only as good as the last session you had with them. So you guys exactly. have a good handle on that. So above and beyond the, the training, um, what other services are you guys offering? Are you doing nutrition? Are you doing supplements? Are you doing online training? Is there anything um, in addition to just the, the in-person training sessions that you're offering right now? Yeah, unfortunately right now, again, so with our size, we've tried other things. We've tried um, mobility classes where just trying to have like volume, I guess, services, anywhere between 10, 15, 20 people can't do that right now. So no, so right now we're just offering the semi-private, uh, the one-on-ones and then the athletic training. But we are going to start implementing um, in our new spot, uh, we're going to start offering high school training for middle school and high school. Uh, we're going to start offering uh, recovery services. And then with Stefan's degree, start offering more actual physical therapy and try to dabble into the insurance world there. So it's going to be a pretty big year for 2022, more than just a one-on-one and, and small group. For sure. Right now, um, do you still offer some sort of nutritional coaching too, though? At one point we did. Um, I can uh, discuss that a little bit further on uh, 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 as to why we're not anymore. But we did do it through precision nutrition. So we were doing that for a bit. Um, and then it, unfortunately it didn't work out like we wanted it to. So right now, no, we're not offering any structured nutritional. It's a tough thing to execute on a, on a number of levels. And that's, that's yeah. why I bring it up because you're not alone and people listening here might not be alone. I mean, I, I have precision nutrition certs. Like I know how mm -hmm. good it is, Yeah, but it's such a hard thing to intertwine and layer on that if it's not almost automatically part of the service from day one, when people sign up, which yeah. of course then makes your prices higher, which makes the sales process more complicated and all that stuff. Um, it's hard to layer it on either. You have somebody in house that, people pay to go see and that's never consistent or you try to get people to purchase it additionally. And mm. it just, it, it so rarely catches on that yeah, we all know as coaches that people need to eat right. Right. That's mm -hmm. one of the biggest things, but it's so hard to add it on as a service. And it, it seems like no matter what most gyms do, unless somebody's paying and paying, a considerable amount of money for it they just they don't follow it or you can give all the good free advice you want yeah but people just they're like yeah i'm just going to come and work out and do whatever i want right yeah like we did like the educational component of it of trying to educate the client and all that but sometimes we notice like man this person like is not even reading the pamphlet and i get it everyone's busy they have children they have jobs so then to ask them to go read a few more articles watch a few videos unfortunately it didn't pan out like we thought it would yeah. Yeah. And then the only other thing, and I think it kind of couples with this, and I just want to make sure that I, I don't want to just assume your answers. Um, 
supplementation, things like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, you so guys get into that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that we sell, we're mainly selling the uh, the clean products. And so we don't push the clean products. So we do have it. We do sell it. And we do push it a little bit. But our main goal is to have someone just buy anything. So we do, um, if they do see another brand that they don't want to, uh, so the brand clean. I'm not saying like clean protein. So it's okay. That, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if they don't want to purchase that one, since we do have to mark it up a little because we do have to make profit off of it. We do recommend like, okay, so go look in Amazon, go look at vitamin shop and we do push other stuff. But yeah, we were selling collagen protein are two best sellers. And then we sell omegas, vitamin D don't, don't sell as well as the other two. Yeah. Yeah. It's another thing. And, um, you know, I'm always interested to see like different brands, what people are carrying, how they're doing it. Because mm-hmm. the things that I hear all the time, people say like, it's hard to be competitively priced because, yeah, for sure. you know, people can go on Amazon and go to GNC, then go to Walmart, or it's hard to have the right flavors of things in stock or that, just the money, yeah. the investment for you guys, it's space too, right? Like if you want to get a good discount, you might have to buy like legitimately like a pallet full of stuff. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. But where are you going to put it in your thousand square foot gym? No space. Yeah. So you don't have enough space to buy a lot. So it's hard to get really good prices. And like you say, you, you mark it up and then hopefully, you know, in a small space like yours and in, in the type of community you have, it probably doesn't happen too often, but like in some gyms, people will, you know, to make five bucks on a bag of protein, someone goes and sees what it costs on Amazon. And then they're like, Hey man, you're, you're making $15 on me. It's like, yeah, oh, exactly. They don't I know can't, what we're I can't buy it for what Amazon pays, you know? And, yeah, exactly. Thankfully, customers are be, becoming more educated. So that's, you know, that's helpful, but it's still, you know, it's another revenue stream that you could get, but it's like, you know, how do I find the, the right way to get it? So exactly. they have their store in their pocket and they could just do a quick Google search and they see like we're selling it for 40, they can get it for 28 on Amazon. Like, all right. Well, as long as you buy it, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And we all want people to, to use it if they need it, but we know mm-hmm. like, fitness industry is, you know, is half of what the supplement industry is. I think the last big report came out that fitness is like 27 billion and mm-hmm. supplements are 58. So the people are, yeah. legitimately, they're spending twice as much money on supplements. And it's like, can we yeah, get a piece of that? Supplement their way to hell. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. So we're almost out of time. So I'm going to kind of rapid fire a couple of things that you try to try to knock these out before we're totally out of time. So Number one, um, you've been in the business a while as a trainer, been in business for yourself going on two years, right in that neighborhood, maybe a little over two years, right, right about yeah, there, right? So, um, so if you could go back, right, if you had a time machine, if you could go back to when you decided, when you guys all came in and said, all right, we're doing this, right? Clearly your hand was forced a little bit, but if there was anything you could tell yourself or anything you wish you knew before you started, what would that be? Uh, definitely, uh, really get to know who you're going into business with. Uh, it's cool working with your friends and I guess people that you were training with and grew up with. It's awesome, but definitely knowing who you're working with. And even if you decide to take that route and still work with friends, make sure there's an operating agreement written out by a lawyer, making sure it's valid and that you guys do all follow that operating agreement. So that's one of the big ones there. Everyone just thinks like, oh, let's just save up a few thousand dollars, buy some equipment, rent out a space, start at a park, and we're all going to become millionaires in a few years. Like, no, definitely do it right. Speak to a lawyer, consult one, and get that operating agreement done. Absolutely. 
right? And, uh, agreements and handshakes are cool, but, yeah. <laughs> but legal documents are forever. So mm-hmm, for sure. And um, it, it, it can avoid a lot of problems down the line too. It's not necessarily in case you have problems. When you know that stuff is there, people just act differently. So yeah, yeah. Uh, great, great advice there. Um, number one goal for 2022. Number one goal for 22 is open the facility. But yeah, because it, 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 it was supposed to happen in January, February, but now it, it, it just keeps getting pushed back. But yeah, so more on the serious note, definitely offering more services. We would like to offer that boot camp style classes. We do want to offer 10, 15, 20 people, um, high school, fitness, whether it's basketball, football, soccer. So just offering more services other than our in our semi-private and one which is in the work. So it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's, that's just a matter of just permits and construction and all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure if I check in on you next, you know, in a few months, that'll be rocking and rolling. Okay. So last thing, uh, before we wrap, if people want to find you, give us a website, social media, if you maintain a personal pres- pre- uh, presence, wh- wherever you want people to come and find you, check you out, where can they find you? Yeah, for sure. Right now, the best spot to find me and in- and all the work that I'm doing right now would be on the Movement Lab training. That's the same handle for our Facebook and our Instagram, even our website. So just, you can see everything we're doing on there. You can see all the athletes we train. You can see how we're training ourselves. You can see the little events that we're hosting and all that. So definitely it will be Movement Lab training. Tag. Cool. Yeah, movementlabtraining.com. You guys are smart. You have the Facebook and Instagram links on the website too. So if, if you can't find them, keep poking around. But it's all... I think we talked about that's how you chose the name was you don't have any underscores. There's no weird letters. Everything is just straight up movement lab Mm -hmm. training. So, all right, Miguel, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. All right. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time too. Thank you for being part of our day and letting us be part of yours. We hope you found value in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get with you as soon as possible. We'll get you on. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Emil. Emil, how's it going, man? Great, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being a guest on the show today. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? So we are in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, names of our clubs is Onyx Health Clubs. Okay. O-N-Y-X. O-N-Y-X. Got it. And how long have you been in business? Uh, we've been uh, going on for a little over five years now. A little over five years. Okay. Yeah. Got it, man. And so um, before we get into like the, the business model and everything, 
Um, so kind of tell me like what made you want to get into the um, into the gym industry and um, how many you have more than one club right now, too, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're at eight locations, soon to be nine. OK, awesome, man. So what made you want to get into it? What made you want to start a gym up? Uh, I started when I was uh, right out of high school, man. I, uh, I actually graduated high school and uh, I was looking for a summer job and yeah. uh, my car broke down and my dad refused to fix it. And it, was, it was summer right before I had to go to college. And, um, you know, I went and got a job at a Bally Total Fitness. I don't know if you remember those clubs. Oh, yeah. Um, so I jumped on with Bally Total Fitness and, uh, you know, making smoothies and shakes and selling supplements. Um, you know, that's how my industry, that's how I got into the industry. Okay. Awesome, man. So what, so you got into it. Did, did you fall in love with it then? Like when you were working? Yeah, man. It was just, uh, it was, uh, it, I got into it. And at, at that time it was just more like, you know, getting a, a part-time job, getting my car fixed, going to, you know, starting college. And that transpired into me falling in love with the industry. Um, again, I just, um, you know, graduating from high school. Um, you know, there's that yeah. extra pressure of what's the next step. What's the next move? You going to college, you go to military, you know, there's a lot of questions and a lot of kids, they just take steps because it's more like pure pressure. They don't know what the right step is. Some, yeah. some people do, but the majority of 98, 90% of the kids really don't have zero idea. And they just kind of follow the, 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 the majority, which, whichever way everybody goes. And I got into the fitness industry, man. And, you know, um, I, I just kind of saw the culture and saw the environment where, you were able to help people, you know, change lives. This is a place where people are happy, play a place where people enjoyed being at. And, yeah. um, you know, and obviously there's a business side to it. And that's the part that I think, you know, when I got into the fitness, I was always an athlete. So I played sports. I, I was a football player, played, uh, wrestled. So when I got into the actual, you know, working in the fitness industry, it wasn't that, you know, I didn't come through the personal training side. I didn't come from the fitness side. I came from the business side, you know, so when I came and started in, uh, in at Bally's, you know, uh, I, I, I got noticed because I turned the supplement and nutrition store to be number one in the country. And I was 18 years old and I had zero idea about sales. I had zero idea about actually supplements. I just enjoyed what I was doing and I was enjoying helping people. Yeah. And, uh, so I turned that, that location to be a number one location in the country um, this is like first month in, in the summertime and, you know, two months I have to go to college. And then I just noticed, I saw, you know, the salespeople, I saw the guys, you know, we called them fitness coaches that were moping around, you know, this was a career, you know, career people, you know, this is something that they graduated college and this is what they're doing now. And I noticed them moping around and not really enjoying their job. And the club that we were at was like a brand new club. And, you know, you being a business owner, you're not, you know, a fitness a health club owner yourself, you know how it is, man. It's like the traffic and the traffic that we got on average, where we get 200, 300 walk-ins a month, walk-ins. Wow. So, you know, so like for people to, you know, for, and you know how it is, you know, we grind for every lead, we grind for every, uh, every call, anybody that's interested coming in. But in that situation, you know, I saw kind of a different, different, different arena. And, uh, you know, when I saw that and I said at the same time, I saw people kind of moping around and because they weren't be able to close deals. They weren't closing sales. They weren't enrolling new members. Um, you know, I put my aim in a hat and I put my name in a hat and I pretty much said, I want to try it myself. And I remember my, uh, GM was like, no, man, like this is a part-time job for you. You know, I have career fitness coaches that graduated college. They're in their thirties and their forties. This is what they do for a living. And you want to do it part-time. I said, I guarantee I'll do it better than they do. And uh, they gave me a shot. They gave me a shot. They gave me a shot to be able to do, I remember 16 hours a week in the pro shop. 
and the other 16 hours a week was to do sell memberships and it was only on the weekends it was friday saturday sunday i was the last man on the totem pole so i was able, i wasn't able to take any walk-ins i had right. to generate referrals i had to generate my own leads from lead boxes and i was able to take the walk-in like if everybody was busy i'm the last one to take the walk-in i remember towards the end of the summer I outsold the entire sales staff. I outsold the sales manager working part-time hours. And uh, so, you know, August comes around, I'm about to go to college and our regional manager comes to me and he says, look, man, we got an opportunity and at the corporate office headquarters to be a sales manager. And again, as you know, man, back then, you know, in Bali sales managers making six figures, you yeah. know, and, and uh, you know, it was a shock to me because again, at that time, I still have zero knowledge about management zero knowledge seriously about sales i'm just rolling with it. and i'm just enjoying yeah. what i'm doing i'm following systems and processes that they gave me and i'm yeah. just having fun and uh fast forward pretty much that's how i got in man. and then i fell in love with it i actually took the job i ended up being the number one sales manager in the country at 18 years old while going to college um so i would literally go to school till three o'clock from three o'clock i would work till i come 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 to the club and work till 9 p.m 8 p.m 10 p.m and uh, that's how my, uh, I got my foot into the industry. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So I, I love the story, like the, the way you came up right there. And, um, you know, one thing that stuck out to me is you talk about how the fitness coaches were just kind of moping around, you know, and everything. And like you said, like 200 to 300, you know, walk-ins a day or I mean a month. Um, yeah. Like that is, uh, I mean, that's a gift right yeah. there. It's <laughs> like, dude, just get your ass out there and, you yeah. know, sell these people. Like you don't even really have to try when it comes to that. Like, you know, sheer volume, like you're, you're going to get sales, right? Yeah. It was insane. It was honestly, it was, it was to a point where again, for me, it, 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 you, you look at the numbers and you're like, okay, how is that possible? You know, you're taking the, la the, 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 the least amount of traffic, you're taking the least amount of, you know, walk-ins and it all just came down to like passion. Like I was really just enjoying what I was doing. I, I, I wasn't getting in my own way. You know yeah. what I mean? And that yeah. if you don't get in your own way in that situation, you're going to win. So that's kind of how, you know, it played out for us. So, yeah, exactly, man. So let's say, so like fast forward to today, like when you started, let's say like, so when you started your own gym, so what do you guys do right now to get people in the door? So, man, uh, everything and everything, you know, uh, we are, we have 16 different sources uh, for, you know, for 16 different funnels. Uh, on, a, on a daily basis, you know, everything from, you know, uh, ground upon it, pound to guerrilla marketing, uh, yeah. you know, um, we're very big on that. You know, I, I look at my competition and I look at, you know, everybody just focuses on, you know, either social media or, you know, uh, Google ads and, you know, direct mail, different types of things. And I always was one of those managers or leaders that if I got my goal, I did not base me hitting my goal on what potentially company is going to do for me or if i'm going to get a walk-in if i'm going to get a ti am i going to get a phone call i wanted to have 100 percent control of me hitting my goal and if i the only way i was able to have 100 percent control of hitting my goal was the guerrilla marketing i knew if i went out and i collected x amount of leads shook x amount of hands and i talked to x amount of people or had my membership advisors do that on a daily basis I knew that is going to yield me X amount of leads. X amount of leads is going to yield me X amount of appointments. X amount of points is going to yield me so many shows. So right. many shows is going to yield me so many closes. And that's what we do, do now. You know, I, I honestly, you know, bolted on additional different, you know, obviously evolved with the times of, you know, leveraging social media, leveraging, you know, online presence. But, you know, 50% of our, our output is through controllable marketing, through, you know, we do uh, door hangers on cars. So we literally print out with a UR URL codes. 
boom, we do door hangers on cars. We do uh, corporate events. We do health and wellness fairs. Uh, you know, we go out every single day, a fitness coach or a member, we call them member advisors in my company. A member advisor walks out and they collect on average 15 to 20 leads a day. You know, those 15, 20 leads, we have these carbon copies that they just walk up to a person and say, hey, have you heard of Onyx before? They say, yes or no, great. You know, we're running a promotion today. We want to give out a free seven-day pass. Would you like to come check out our club? People, yes, and I don't care if it's COVID going on right now. I don't care. Yeah, that's all, to me, uh, that's all an excuse. Yeah, obviously, we're dealing with a pandemic. Obviously, we're dealing with something, you know, out of our control, but we still have a lot of things in our control, and people still want to interact with people. People still want to, yeah. you know, talk to people. People still want to be in an environment with other people. So, um, so when we go out there and you do simple math, you know, you have a membership advisor that goes out and generates 15 to 20 leads a day times five days a week times yeah. four. You know, you're generating 200, 400 leads on a monthly basis, people that you shook hands with, touched with, and you got their name and number in a face-to-face -face recognition. So when you call them, hey, I met you in a parking lot of Giant Eagle. You know, I met you in a parking lot of, you know, Trader Joe's or whatever the case may be when yeah. you stop in. So that's how we do it, man. And obviously, again, we have other various sources, just as you know, already through social media and, you know, and Facebook ads and Google ads and, you know, all kinds of different ads that we do for, for website services. But um, you know, but I think 50% what makes us different, what made us grow through this whole COVID process and not take backward steps was controllable, seeing that we were able to control ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And I like the fact that you guys are, you know, you're still doing the, I mean, it's crazy to say traditional routes of advertising now, which would be Facebook, social media, like saying traditional, but you know, <laughs> still doing, still doing the guerrilla marketing, like the OG, like real traditional shit. Yeah. Right there. Like that's the stuff that's kind of forgotten about. So I love that you guys are still utilizing that, you know, um, gotcha. now, so like your business model. So what is the actual model of your gym? Um, yeah. the open gym or do you guys offer, you offer other stuff too, right? So we have, so something that's very unique about us. Um, our goal is to be a national company, national chain. So when we are when I was okay. building this, as in I'm building this, um, I'm looking at, you know, uh, 10 steps ahead. So I'm looking at, okay, what market are markets are we going to potentially get into? Uh, how are we going to penetrate those markets? Then I'm looking, okay, if I'm going to be, we, we just finished our um, uh, FDD documents to be able to be a franchise and sell franchises. So as we start selling franchises, as we start bringing franchises, franchisees on, you know, there's different level of franchisees, different investment opportunity. There's different income potential. There's yeah. all, a lot of different variables. So when I built this company, I built it a very uh, nimble way, you know, where we can, we can pivot, we can move, I can adjust. And so right now we have a model. I have three different types of models within one operation. I have a studio express and a legacy model. Mm -hmm. Our studio model is comparable to, you know, like the title boxing, uh, orange theory, mama pop PT studio size yeah. ranges anywhere between 1500 square feet up to 3000 square feet. Um, then I have my express model, which competes with similarly with your anytime fitness snap fitness model. And that's usually between 4,000 square feet to 8,000 square feet. And then I have my legacy clubs, 30,000 square feet and up. And that's your big boxes clubs. Mm -hmm. The cool part about our operation is that our systems and processes are identical from the studio all the way to legacy club. You know, we sell memberships. We sell one-on-one -on -one personal training. We sell smoker personal training. We sell supplements and we do online personal training. Mm -hmm. um, so the only difference is, is as you move up to a different tier of a, a club, essentially, um, there's different amenities, you know, the bigger club you get, the more amenities you have as, 
you know, right. taping or smoothie club or studios for, you know, cycling or, or Zumba or whatever the case may be. Yeah, uh, yeah. From the business side, that's one. But from the expansion aspect of it is as we expand into a different market, I can penetrate a market with three different punches, essentially. I can jab you, I can hook you on, I can uppercut you. So exactly. I can go in and I can look and I say, okay, there's too many big boxes around here. I'm going to drop a studio because as you know, there's a different type of person in mindset that joins a studio or yep. a big box. So that's one aspect to be able to penetrate the market. The second aspect is once we start selling franchises, it's a different investment to open up a studio versus opening up a couple million dollars, you know, a legacy club. Absolutely. So now we're attacking different type of a, a, a prospect essentially of who's going to buy into our franchise because again it's different levels you know studio franchisees potentially can you know save some money or they got some family money they, they kind of rounded up and got a couple of investors and right. they were able to get in you know legacy you know you're looking at you know somebody with a little bit more enterprise you know they 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 either you know investment group or a firm or you know or maybe a few heavy hitters that are putting that club together you know so yeah. so it's a, so you know as you franchise as we grow you know franchises already is like funneling and bottlenecking you know you bring a lot of people in and then you you're slimming it down and you're moving with a few percent small percent you know for us to be able to kind of uh, attack from different angles um, that's our model and that's kind of how we're we're approaching the the the, the industry okay awesome man so out of the location you have now um now are all of those yours or are some of those franchised right now also no right now we're all corporate owned clubs um so we just so during covid that's what we were working on is our franchising and then after covid you know we kind of took a pause on, on on building it and again it's two different two different beasts you know running corporate clubs versus running franchise businesses two different uh businesses so what we wanted to do is we actually put a pause on franchising. And after COVID, we saw just so much opportunities, you know, what 27% of gyms shut down across the country. It's, actually, it's 35 now. Is it 35% now? 35, yeah, man. So, 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 you know, 35% of gyms shut down across the country. So what does that mean for guys like you and me? That means there's so much more opportunity. So yeah. I, I, I looked at it as like cleansing the industry, you know, it's like the weak, you know, the weak fell, you know, fall and then the, the strong survive. And yeah. uh, so now, it's you're looking at there's so much opportunities we're acquiring we're going through acquisitions i'm looking at a five club acquisitions as we, as we speak um we're looking at our ninth club they were closing by the end of the month so we're looking at right now you know going into either acquisitions or we're looking at places that have went out of business and it's already a built out facilities you know building out is is majority of your cost yeah. so yeah. we're looking at already built out facilities so we're just coming in rebranding the space into making an onyx and taking over so uh, yeah. that's going to be our focus over the next, you know, I, I think 12 to 24 months until everything kind of settles up and see, we see where we go from there. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that, that's a good point. And, you know, not only can, I mean, can you have people pivot in your business model, but you guys are pivoting, you know, at a, at a corporate level as well. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you have to do that. So out of the locations now, like what, uh, what levels are the, are the clubs? Like, do you have like, I mean, express studio legacy. Yeah, how many? Yeah. yeah, like what's the ratio right there? Yeah, yeah. So we have so we have in 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 our Cleveland market right now, that's where all we're in. We're in you know in Midwest and Northeast Ohio, Cleveland market. Um, so we have uh three legacy clubs, soon to be four. Uh, nice. we have four uh express clubs in one studio. Okay, cool, man. That's that's a different ratio than I was expecting. So you have more legacy clubs right now. Uh well even or, I mean soon to be. 
Yeah, soon to be. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And then right now, um, we're looking at acquisition of uh, potentially five express clubs as well. So that'll, that'll kind of piggyback, put us back into more of a uh, higher express volume. But to be honest with you, I think they're looking at, you know, your, it's all about this. It's, it's, it's just, it's simple as, you know, the, the higher the risk, the higher the reward, you know? Absolutely. So, so, so you got to kind of look at your, your, your own situation and figure out, okay, I'm going to, you know, with legacy clubs, it's obviously, you know, 30,000, 50,000 square feet, you know, that, yeah. you know, you're, you're 10, you know, you're five times the employees, you know, you're, you're three times the bills, you know, you're, you're five times the equipment, but on the same token, you're also doing much, much more higher revenue. So you got to look at, okay, my profit margins and difference. So then you look at my express locations, you know, they're running much leaner, you know, maybe two, three, four employees. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but you can only do so much within those express locations. Um, You know, so again, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a game that you play and you just kind of figure out where's your sweet spot, where you're enjoying the most. And, and uh, you know, what's fun for you at the end of the day, because, and I look at this as a game. It's, it's a game. It's fun. You know, uh, it's like who's who's gonna learn how to play the game better, and who's gonna have fun playing it, and that's that's yeah. kind of how we look at it. That's a, that's true, man, and that's the, like the legacy clubs. You know, it seems like that's kind of that's the fun one right now, right? Like because oh, yeah. there's so much opportunity. So you know, the cool thing about those clubs, which is that's kind of the same structure that my club is too. Um, you know, of course, you know you have more volume for members, which also means you know you have more opportunities kind of like we were talking earlier to sell into PT to sell into small groups. So like what would be a way that you guys get people to get, get more people in front of your personal trainers, right? Like new members coming in. What's a good way that you guys do that? hundred percent. man. you just said that, you know, the higher volume. And that's why I feel like the bigger clubs do a better job because, you know, we don't advertise for personal training. We don't advertise. We advertise for the low hanging fruit. We lo- we're advertising yep. for the low hanging, you know, for the easy sale, for the easy sale. You know, somebody comes in because a personal training is an emer- emotional buy. Personal training is, you know, uh, um, it's a, it's a higher ticket purchase. So it takes a little bit more time to cultivate the rapport relationship to be able to help them truly understand like, Hey, this is something you need. So our goal is, okay, let's get, the members in and what our process is we treat every single member like VIP. We, we are a very results driven organization. Mm-hmm. We make it very clear that I'm not just selling you a member, a, a membership card. And that's what 99% of gyms do out there, planet fitness and all these other places. They just yep. sell you a membership card. So our goal is I'm very clear. We are results driven organization. When you join our club, we're going to treat you, uh, and give you all the tools possible for you to be able to accomplish the goal. The last thing we want is money to hold you back from accomplishing your fitness goals. Because again, and what we do is we sit down and every single that person that joins, we put them through a one hour uh, comp- comprehensive personal training session. In that mm-hmm. session, we're talking about things that they've tried before, you know, some of the things that they struggle with. And then we lay out a plan of what, how our trainers help uh, people accomplish goals on a daily basis. We yeah. lay all that out. Once we lay all that out, you know, we take them through a workout and we identify what their current starting point is to kind of show them a little bit of a teaser of, Hey, this is the type of workouts we're going to be doing. This is how fun it's going to be. This is how exciting it's going to be. And after that, we sit down and present them personal training options. Uh, yeah. 60% of our revenue comes from personal training, you okay. know, across the organization. So, yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, so our goal is to use the membership sale 
as our lead essentially because now it's a person that's in our club that they're they're truly interested of accomplishing certain goals and Mm -hmm. uh yeah that's and that's the that's the direction that's kind of how we usually do it yeah and that's that's a good way to do it as well because like you said you i mean you advertise for pt of course you might get some interest but it's not like someone's gonna run down to do that because i think everyone i mean everyone needs some kind of you know maybe not personal training but at least coaching and it's like they already know that so if they were you know that crazy about getting into it they would already come so if you can get them in the door that way and then you know go through the process i mean like you said it's an emotional buy so when they see where they're at like and that stuff doesn't lie like when they go through the numbers they see what they they can do um like what where they're actually at like that stuff most people are kind of like man like you i don't know if you guys do like a body scan or body fat percentage thing But most people, like I always ask people, like, where do you think you're at? Or what do you think you weigh right now? And they're like, oh, well, this or this. And it, I mean, we know most of the time they're usually way off. Sure. And so they're kind of already punched in the face right there. Yeah. And then you're like, so this is where you are. Now, this is what we can do. Um, How many people do you think, like, on average, actually go through that process? Because I know some people, like, a lot of people probably schedule, but getting them to show is a different thing. So how many actually do that? Yeah. So we, we harp on that, man. Um, to, to truly like, and that's the biggest thing. Like, and I, and I know there's other, you know, we're not, I always tell my staff and my people, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just going to execute it to best to do better than anybody else. So, so it gives me confidence that I know it's not something that, you know, we're like, Oh, we're not doing something special, but we're just implementing. So I know there's other companies that do that. And that's one of those biggest things is, you know, everybody maybe offers that free workout for their, for their member that they join. Um, but it's again, what's your processes, what's your systems of be able to actually, like you said, make sure that that after you set that appointment, they show, you know, how do you follow up? You know, if they didn't show, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you confirm that appointment when they, when they're scheduled to make sure they show, um, how are you tracking those set show close ratios? How are you educating your staff? How are you coaching on a daily basis? to give them the tools and overcome those objections. Because again, as our staff, as our salespeople, as our coaches, fitness coaches, fitness directors, membership advisors, um, that's something that we take very seriously. It's, it's, it, we're, we're not working with robots. You're not just like downloading somebody information and be like, all right, hit play. You just run with it. You know, yeah. it's, they forget things, you know, they run into a situation maybe that, you know, you didn't cover before you didn't show them in a script. So the continuous education the continuous practice, the continuous role play uh, is something that we're very big on. Um, so to control those things, again, like you asked, like, you know, how do we control the shows? We just, we have systems and processes and we continuously practice them to make sure that we perfect them. And the better we get, the better the show ratio we have. And, you know, when I'm looking at eight, nine clubs across the region, you know, I have, you know, certain clubs are do better than others and it all comes down to the operator. You know, I know it's not the systems. I know it's not the processes because then all the clubs will have the same result, you know, but you have every club, some, you know, some clubs have, you know, what do you, what do they say? You know, top, uh, you know, your top 20% or your top 20% comes from, or your 80% comes from your top 20 or something like that. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. So, 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 you know, how do you get your rest of your staff to get to that level, you know, and, and, and operate in that level, as long as they're fine, fine, you know, figuring out and they're running the play, running the systems, um, you know, that's all that matters. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I love it. So we are, we're getting towards the end of our time on the podcast. So uh, one thing I always like to ask people at the end, and I know you, you have some pretty big goals, um, especially for the next year, 
So basically, like in a year, what does growth look like for you guys? Like, where do you want to be at? Uh, we want to be about 25 to 30 locations in the next 12 to 24 months. Um, right now, our plan is to, um, again, we're looking at a five club acquisition. So that put us at about 14, 15 clubs. And then right now we're just looking to pop out, you know, we're looking to anybody that watches a podcast, if you guys are struggling, you know, uh, we will, we'll definitely openly acquire you. Uh, so reach out <laughs> yeah. to us. Uh, yeah. so we're looking to go through acquisitions. We're looking to, um, you know, put out some clubs that are out of their misery, you know? So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> we're looking to grow. So I think, again, our, our goal is to be a national company, a national chain. So hopefully you'll see us around. Um, and yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Emil, man, I had a great time today. Um, it was a good high level conversation and that, that's what, that's what I love. So, uh, thanks for being on the podcast. I know there's definitely value provided here. So thanks again for being on, man. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me and uh, good luck with everything else. Yeah, appreciate it. And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you can hear more. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be featured in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, the owner of Alpha Funderburk Exercise Therapy, Thomas Funderburk in Charlotte, North Carolina. How are you doing today, sir? I am well. I'm doing well today. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to be here with us. Tell us about your facility. Tell us about you, what it is that you do there, how you're touching lives in Charlotte. Oh man, it's a marvelous day. Um, but what I do is actually, um, it's a revolutionary approach to fitness and health. I'll say that it's rapidly growing. Um, it's basically combining um, rehabilitation to fitness. So it's actually um, a revolutionary advice um, approach to kind of like movement training. Um, rehabilitation so it's getting people out of chronic pain out of injuries as well as simply just learning how to move and feel better in your bodies awesome so you're not you're not just taking people throwing them in the door giving them a rah-rah exercise class you're taking people and getting a very prescriptive diagnostic approach to what what things may be bothering them, what movements, what pain they may have, what things they're not able to do with their bodies that they want to 
and incorporating some really high skilled technique into also making it fun and interesting for them to want to come and train and improve themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, yes, yes. Just putting everything together. I'm, I'm actually a certified exercise therapist. So um, it's kind of like a step below physical therapist. So I'm actually really combining kind of like that, you know, that physical therapy approach to the health and fitness. So it's doing really well, getting people out of pain, out of chronic pain, back injuries, knee injuries, shoulder injuries, um, but also helping people just to move better. So I, I really love that approach coming from my track and field background. Um, but I, I really like loving kind of like the, the results that I'm getting. Awesome. Awesome. So you're, uh, you're fairly new. some things previously in the industry opened up in March of this year, right? March, 2021. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. Job, but <laughs> indeed, what were you doing bef right before that? And what led you to waking up, getting out of bed one day and saying, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. How did that happen? Man. Um, to be honest with you, I was working with, um, other, um, fitness boxes. So another boutique job, um, fitness box right before, um, the pandemic, which is called uh, Rockbox. So I really love it. It was like a, a high energy um, kickboxing plus functional fitness type of thing where I was pretty much the head trainer and GM. So I had a dual role. So I, I've learned a lot of the, the business portion along with um, being an incredible and learning um, how to be an incredible coach to individuals. So um, I loved it, and that was kind of really spiked my um, um, attention again to becoming a gym owner because I already had this 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 vision to actually own a gym. Of course, that fear of you know everything that includes uh, that's included with it, like the the overhead and all of those um, that fear came into play. So I was like, hey, I might as well you know do what I can do within a, another facility. And I was taking that approach for quite a long time, about four years. So working for a title boxing and then going in for two years at um, Rockbox Fitness. But that's what I was doing right before beforehand is okay, working so, at oh. So you were in it, you were in with some of the bigger franchises. Yes, you, yes. You were seeing how people who have corporate backing, who have systems in place, how they organize things above and beyond just being a trainer, right? Because a lot of people who get into the industry are just trainers and they do some, you know, they do some math on a notebook one day or on their phone and they say, all right, I'm training all these classes. I'm getting 15, $20 an hour. I see a hundred people, they're paying a hundred dollars. That's $10,000. Like, I'm going to go do this. Right. And then, and then reality hits them and they're like, Oh, I got to buy toilet paper. I got to buy soap. I got to pay coaches. I got to pay insurance. And then the next thing, you know, they're making less money. So basically they have all the, the responsibility of the business owner and none of the things that they thought were going to come with it, but you had seen behind the curtain beforehand, you Before. knew what expenses looked like. You knew what labor costs were probably knew what rent and leasing looked like and in all the things that went into overhead so you had a leg up and some corporate training of 
This is how we stay profitable so we can stay open. These are the things we do. So you really felt like the combination of your training experience and, and business management experience, you were ready to go. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm glad I took that approach of really like getting my, my feet wet and um, learning, you know, that, that, like you said, behind the curtain, that behind the scene um, uh, uh, approach of, a, you know, the facility. So it really helped me out. Um, it pushed me to understand a lot better of how a business is run, not just a, a gym facility, how a business is run and, and how to keep up with your numbers. And like you said, rent, all your overhead, all your bills. And that really, it really helped put me in a, a better position to open up a facility. Yeah, absolutely. Was there a, a defining moment? Was there something that happened? Was the facility that you were at, did they shut down? Did they downsize? Like what made you finally just that fire just burnt too much and you went out and signed a lease and, and now you're in your own spot. How did that happen? Oh man. How'd it happen? Um, to be honest with you, yeah, the whole pandemic happened and, and, um, it was on me to actually kind of like keep the, the members engaged. Um, of course, this never happened. So our gym owner, it was a franchise gym. My gym owner didn't know exactly what to do, what the approach is. We just sitting around. Um, so for me, because we was, we still had our, 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 our employees to pay. I knew that I had to do something to, um, to keep the, the, keep the lights on, to keep our members engaged one and our employees paid. So I actually took the approach to start doing a little bit more um, like online type of stuff. So I started doing online coaching and I started doing a lot of the like Facebook live videos, Instagram live. And honestly, our members appreciated it so much that they kept their, their memberships open. And and that's what it hit me. I'm like, hey, I'm doing this myself. Um, I think I can, you know, have my own facility. I mean, I'm pretty much running this facility like it's my own. I am doing the numbers. I'm doing the classes. I'm teaching the, 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 the foundation to our employees, the other coaches. And I am more engaged with the members. Uh, when they have an issue with their accounts or anything, I'm the one they come to pretty much first um, instead of like the owners or whatnot. So I was like, you know what? If I'm doing all of this, I feel like I can, you know, branch off and, you know, do it on myself, do it, do it by myself. Um, of course, with another team, but being as an owner, as a different um position yeah yeah absolutely so you know that's that's one of those things where you kind of have a unique experience and skill set where you knew everything that you could be taken on but you were doing the opposite you're doing all the work i was doing all getting getting none of the reward right you're still yeah I mean, you're, getting, you're getting paid for your work but you knew what the level of stress was and all you had to do is think like all right I know how the numbers work. 
I know what it's going to be like. I have a following of potential, like I'm not worried about getting X amount of clients because you know that you've done it before you've helped other businesses do it. So really you're like, I think I can handle whatever stress is going to come because I know so much of what might pop up, right? Absolutely. All these things that might surprise somebody who's never had to run the business side of a gym. You're like, all right, we're good. I, now I just got to find a spot and see how many people want to come rock with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, some people might say doing it during a pandemic is, is, is a little bit crazy, but you know, did you find that, were you able to get a good real estate deal because, you know, businesses are closing? Did you find that, you know, things, things were more affordable? Cause I mean, you're in Charlotte, right? Which is an up and coming city. Things aren't necessarily cheap. Um, right. You know, if you want to get a decent location, you want to have a nice spot, you got to pay for it. But did you find that at least the timing, um, because maybe some businesses were closed and maybe real estate was a little bit in flux that you felt like it was actually good to do it during the pandemic? Um, I had a very positive uh, response. So it really, one, it, it pushed me to actually open up my facility, but um, you're right. Um, a lot of the, the, the units and suites were doing like discounts because of the pandemic. Of course, they're just trying to get people in there. So I came up on a really great deal Honestly, I was driving around for like a month um, looking for facilities. And, and this was a sweet deal I got with, with this guy. So I went with it. And like I said, it was a good timing because I had a great following as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I stayed, tried to stay within um, my surroundings um, where I kind of made myself known was mm -hmm. the box area which is like South Charlotte. So I made myself known. And like I said, the timing was perfect because people were kind of like closing up their gym memberships and kind of worried about, you know, starting back with certain gyms and certain facilities. And, and it was kind of like that, that area where they is starting to open up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So getting a lot of my members, especially the members that, um, that knew what I was already about. And like I said, it was just, it was just perfect timing. Everything worked out. Like I got a couple of free months on um, my facility. So that helped out. I was getting deals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was getting deals with um, kind of like my, my business systems that keeps me, keep, you know, my, my business running the way it's supposed to. I was getting crazy deals on that. So the pandemic actually worked in my advantage at the time. So, um, and I had time to sit back and um, actually learn <laughs> a little bit more too. So that was a good thing. So as soon as the gyms closed, I was learning and putting together my business plan and seeing what worked as I was closed. And that was another thing that kind of helped, helped me out. So business, the, the timing was perfect. I got to relax because like I said, I was doing everything for this other facility. Mm -hmm. where, uh, it was like, I'm just doing like a... Um, um, reaching out to members, text message, or catch me on a Zoom. So two or three hours out of my day, now I get to focus on, oh, this visual, what I want this facility to look like, how I'm going to withstand if this happened again. So it really was a great timing and a great learning experience. Um, 
but yeah yeah it worked out <laughs> yeah sure sure seems like it has so far so you've been open since march um you're in a uh you know not a huge space but but it's not tiny it's not a closet you get about 1400 1500 square feet and you you're up to already about 50 clients is that right yes i'm up to 50 clients and like i said that was because of the um the approach that i that i did i i made a name for myself so a lot of people a lot of my members already been with me before like two or three years <laughs> but yeah. it's joined so that was it like it was just perfect timing yeah absolutely so you're a one-man show you're wearing all the hats everything that needs to get done you have you have nobody to look at and say hey that's your job can you do that hey can you help me with that not to say that you might not have support staff in your life in your business people who you know will lend a hand if you need it but as far as the business goes the responsibility is all on you so Absolutely. where do you feel like you can go with it in this particular model are is you know 50 clients because you're you're giving so much you're so technical you have that is that are you maxed out for what you can do by yourself can you handle more people like what's the next the next step or evolution for you as a business owner i mean you're going so fast like uh 100 miles an hour you're you're just growing where is it going from here like from here um for here is like learning all the spots learning all the hats right now and then mm -hmm. of course taking off each hat um and giving those responsibilities away. but i want to know how that feels like and what that looks like so my next step is actually you know taking off a few hats hey this is what you're going to do or you know and then i have a game plan now i have it written out of what this position looks like because i've done it so that was another thing because um the the box i was in they didn't do this framework they didn't do the work and it's like hey here it is um so when i was in the the other box i had to figure everything out myself so that was that was a different approach because they didn't know how to do it so my next step is like i said learning each position learning how i would love to do things learning um my my downs the the ins and outs of the business so i can be able to effectively give these positions to individuals that are qualified um so yeah my next step is actually i can handle more i can handle a little bit more um i'm reaching that point where um i'm here all day <laughs> and yeah, i don't sure. i don't want to resent um you know i came into business to help people i don't want to resent that because i'm here all that all day so i definitely want to um start that process of hiring and giving these positions to specific people. Awesome. So you're laying the foundation that that you They're feel that you found what was missing in your previous facilities. Like you you succeeded despite their lack of systems, and now you want to master each position so that whether it's on paper or verbal or however you do it, you know if I want the gym opened, this is every step that I do to do it perfectly. I'm right. either documented or have it in my head. That way I can give that to someone and don't just say, hey man, go open the gym. It's like exactly. this is what we do. You 
you know, you turn the light switch on, you turn the alarm off. If there's an alarm, you make sure that there's toilet paper in the bathroom, there's water, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you can guide that next person. So really all you need to do is find the person with the personality and the passion, and then you can set them up for success. So that's, that's kind of the process you're going through right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, um, systems, procedures, having a, that foundation before you. Now it's taking me so long to show them. I could just do it myself. And that's a trap that a lot of times we get into as fitness business owners is uh, I'll just do it. Cause you know, I'll just, and then you hire somebody and they're not doing anything. Right. And they don't feel good about it. Cause they don't want to take your money. You don't feel good about it. Cause why am I spending this money? And in reality, it's a trap that you can create for yourself. So if you know, before I make that first hire, whatever the things are that I want to give away, I could have a document, a Google sheet, a piece of paper, a binder to say like page one, five, and 10 are you. Exactly. Or, or however that may be, you're figuring out your best practices. So you can make a little army of you, right? And try to figure exactly. out, all right, now... I don't have to resent those people because that's, that's real. And I appreciate the real talk there because at a certain point, all you want to do is train, right? Nobody has a passion for cleaning the bathroom and filling up the water or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, organizing the equipment. Like people don't come in with a passion for that stuff. You want to train and you don't want to lose that fire. So you're getting out ahead of it. And I love that. That's something that that people need to realize, especially new in the business, because usually it's too late and it takes a while to recover. And I, and I describe that as it's like when people go too hard in a workout, right? Max out their heart rate and then they're trash. I always will tell people like, figure out your plan. You can always go a little harder later, but if you go too hard out the gate, that's it. You're not, you're not going to recover for a while. Yes. Right. So yeah, man, you're, you're ahead of a lot of these lessons. And I think that's great in that you took all the experience, all the training you got from those franchises, those facilities and said, these are all the things that I would do better. And right. now you're in it and you're doing everything you can to do it better. So that right. you can just keep up that passion and training those people and grow your business on that. So that, that's, that's super solid, man. So we're up about on time, but before we let you go, you're, uh, you're eight months into this thing, seven, eight months in, a lot of time in the industry before that, but as a business owner, um, what would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned that may have surprised you or that you could pass on to another new or maybe experienced fitness business owner that might be listening today? Man, um, um, three, three key points. Um, very cliche, but hard work, dedication, and a lot of patience. When I first jumped in, I thought, you know, oh, I'm going to have 100 members by the third month. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to be making so much money. Um, all I got to do is work hard. And that's just a piece of it. It, 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 it didn't work like that, even though my name was, you know, um, very high up on the, um, the scale. It didn't work that way. So I had to learn how to be patient. And, and dedicate myself to this. And when I mean that, I, I didn't, I, I went full in. So uh, 
I had to really think about how I want my business to be ran, um, every key points of my fitness system. I needed to really dial down on my business and the patience. Be very patient because it's going to come if you put in the hard work and the dedication. It's just not going to come with, you know, oh, thinking it's going to happen this way. So um, hard work, dedicated, dedication and patience. That's the key, being patient and sticking to it. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better myself. Hard work, dedication and patience are never going to do anybody any wrong. So I love it. Before we let you go, if people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, find your website, your social media, where can they find you? Oh, man. Uh, website is alphafunderberg.com. You can also reach, find me on Alpha Funderburg on Instagram and Facebook, Alpha Funderburg. Awesome. Everything. <laughs> we'll have that description. We'll have it in the show notes. Check out Thomas Alpha Funderburg in Charlotte. If you're in there, if you're in the area, if you're looking for somebody that does what he does, the exercise therapy, getting into that more than, more than just a trainer, more than just a cheerleader, this, this man will lead you towards where you need to go to fix anything you, you might have going on that, that corrective exercise can. If you want to talk to him about business, you're thinking about taking the plunge yourself, reach out. This man is happy to share what, what he's been doing, what's gone well, what hasn't. Thomas, I thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. And to everybody out there listening, we thank you for your time, spending a little bit of your day with us. If you want to hear more episodes, get notified when they drop, click the subscribe button, leave us a like, drop a uh, comment, any type of feedback. We love it. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.